Lesson 11 of Private Sex Advice to Women. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dr. Beth Thomas. Private Sex Advice to Women by R. B. Armitage. Lesson 11. The Fetish of the Birthrate. To the student of the progress of the human race, the consideration of the state of public opinion regarding the birth rate of nations is of great interest. To the careful observer, there is evident the gradual evolution of intelligent public opinion on this subject, even in the comparatively short space of time in which the present generation has played its part on the great stage of human development. Public opinion on this subject during the period named may be said to have passed through three general stages these stages are of course more clearly defined among the peoples of the most prosperous and intelligent countries as for instance in western europe and america and particularly in england france and the united states while the people of certain of these countries have passed through these stages somewhat more rapidly than have others still it is perceived that each of these peoples have in the main followed the same general course the first stage of this evolution of popular opinion may be said to have begun about eighteen fifty and to have ended about eighteen eighty in this stage the ideal of a large and rapidly increasing birth-rate became a popular fetish before which all men and women were supposed to fall down and render worship in this period public opinion manifested great satisfaction and joy in the evidences of a high and rapidly increasing birth-rate it was held that this increasing birth-rate tended towards the success and glory of the particular nation and incidentally to the race as a whole the idea of quantity was elevated to the throne of public favour and the question of quality was ignored or overlooked this period was one of an unusual expansion of industry and the rising birth-rate was regarded as a token that the world was destined to be exploited and eventually governed by the people of those nations who were able to demonstrate the greatest efficiency in industrial pursuits and who at the same time were wise enough to increase their respective populations by an increasing birth-rate the populace were excited by the idea of the dominance and prosperity of their own countrymen while the leaders of industry were delighted with the idea of an increasing supply of labourers which would tend to keep down the rate of wages which otherwise would have reached proportions which would have interfered with competition with other countries at the same time the militarists were secretly delighted by the signs of an increasing supply of military material with which to build up gigantic armies a writer on the state of public opinion on this subject during this period has well said it seemed to the more exuberant spirits that a vast british empire or a mighty pan-german might be expected to cover the whole world france with its low and falling birth-rate was looked down at with a contempt as a decadent country inhabited with a degenerate population no attempt to analyse the birth-rate to ascertain what are really the biological social and economic accompaniments of a high birth-rate made any impression on the popular mind they were drowned in a general shout of exultation but this period of uncritical optimism was followed by a natural reaction the pendulum stopped in its course and soon began to swing in the opposite direction here about eighteen eighty the second stage may be said to have begun public opinion began to manifest a subtle change and this mental attitude was accompanied by a physical manifestation in the form of a decreasing birth-rate the rate of births began to fall rapidly and has continued to fall steadily since that time the writer above quoted from says of this second period in france the birth-rate fell slowly 
in Italy more rapidly, and in England and Prussia still more rapidly. As, however, the fall began earliest in France, the birth rate was lower there than in the other countries named. For the same reason it was lower in England than in Prussia, though England stands in this respect at almost exactly the same distance from Prussia today, 1917, as thirty years ago, the fall having occurred at the same rate in both countries. It is quite possible that in the future it may become more rapid in Prussia than in England, for the birth rate of Berlin is lower than the birth rate of London, and urbanization is proceeding at a more rapid rate in Germany than in England. It is not difficult to arrive at the psychological reason underlying this great change in public opinion, as manifested in this second stage. In the first place, the wonderful era of world expansion was arrested by natural causes well understood by students of sociology the ambitious dreams of world empires were rudely interrupted moreover public opinion was being affected by a quiet education along the lines of sociology and economics the working classes began to perceive on the one hand the tendency of overpopulation to hold down or even decrease the scale of wages the evils of overproduction and of underconsumption were dimly perceived and on the other hand the capitalists began to perceive that another factor was at work one which they had failed to include in their optimistic calculations instead of the cheaper wage rate which they had expected by reason of the overabundance of human material they found that the growth of popular education in the democratic countries had caused the working classes to demand greater comforts of life and to oppose the cheapening of human labour and at the same time the masses began to revolt against the idea of raising children to become cannon fodder for ambitious autocratic rulers the masses began to protest against selling their labour and their lives so cheaply these changed viewpoints of the working classes began to result in attempts on their part to form associations to resist the tendency on the part of capitalists to force down the scale of wages to fit the increased population trade unions flourished and became powerful and the same impulse carried many into the ranks of socialism and still beyond into the fold of anarchism and syndicalism and here note this significant fact with these new perceptions and these new movements among the masses the birth-rate began to fall rapidly the writer above quoted from says of this period the pessimists were faced by horror on both sides on the one hand they saw that the ever-increasing rate of human production which seemed to them the essential condition of national social even moral progress had not only stopped but was steadily diminishing on the other hand they saw that even so far as it was maintained it involved under modern conditions nothing but social commotion and economic disturbance there are still many pessimists of this class alive among us even today alike in england and germany but a new generation is growing up and this question is now entering another phase it would seem that the race is now well started in the third period phase or stage of this conception of the birth-rate even the great war is not likely to seriously interrupt its ultimate progress though conditions in all civilized countries will unquestionably be disturbed by the unusual conditions now prevailing and caused by that great conflict the spirit of this third stage seems to be that the truth is to be found between two extremes that is one the extreme of passive optimism in the first stage and two the extreme of passive pessimism in the second stage it realizes that there is excellent ground for hope in better things but it equally realizes that hope alone is vain and will accomplish nothing unless it is accompanied with and directed by a clear intellectual vision manifested in individual and social action based on that clear intellectual vision 
the writer above quoted from says of this developing period it is to-day beginning to be seen that the old notion of progress by means of reckless multiplication is vain it can only be effected at a ruinous cost of death disease poverty and misery we see this in the past history of western europe as we still see it in the history of russia any progress effected along that line if progress it can be called is now barred for it is utterly opposed to those democratic conceptions which are ever gaining greater influence among us moreover we are now better able to analyze demographic phenomena and are no longer satisfied with any crude statements regarding the birth rate we realize that they need interpretation they have to be considered in relation to the sex constitution and the age constitution of the population and above all they must be viewed in relation to the infant mortality rate the bad aspect of the french birth rate is not so much its lowness as that it is accompanied by a high infantile mortality the fact that the german birth rate is higher than the english ceases to be a matter of satisfaction when it is realized that german infantile mortality is vastly greater than english a high birth rate is no sign of a high civilization but we are beginning to feel that a high infantile death rate is a sign of a very inferior civilization a low birth rate with a low infant death rate not only produces the same increase in population as a high birth rate with a high death rate which always accompanies it for there are no examples of a high birth rate with a low death rate but it produces it in a way which is far more worthy of our admiration in this matter than the way of russia and china where opposite conditions prevail the evolutionary process which all students of sociology clearly perceive to have been under way in the matter of the attitude of public opinion toward the birth rate and which is now under way with increased impetus is perceived to be a natural process it is a natural process which has been under way from the beginning of the living world for a long time it operated and manifested along unconscious and instinctive lines of activity but now it has emerged into the light of human consciousness and manifests along the lines of conscious voluntary and deliberate human action in its present state of evolutionary progress human thought along these lines has found expression in what is generally known as birth control the process which has been working slowly through the ages attaining every new forward step with waste and pain is henceforth destined to be carried out voluntarily in the light of human reason foresight and self-restraint the rise of birth control may be said to correspond with the rise of social and sanitary science in the first half of the nineteenth century and to be indeed an essential part of that movement the new doctrine of birth control is now firmly established in all the most progressive and enlightened countries of europe notably in france and england in germany where formerly the birth rate was very high birth control has developed with extraordinary rapidity during the present century in holland its principles and practice are freely taught by physicians and nurses to the mothers of the people with the result that there is in holland no longer any necessity for unwanted babies and this small country possesses the proud privilege of the lowest death rate in europe in the free and enlightened democratic communities on the other side of the globe in australia and new zealand the same principles and practice are generally accepted with the same beneficent results on the other hand in the more backward and ignorant countries of europe birth control is still little known and death and disease flourish this is the case in those eight european countries which come at the bottom of the list of the birth control scale and in which the birth rate is the highest and the death rate the heaviest the two rates maintaining such a constant correspondence as to lead to the inevitable conclusion that they are associated as cause and effect 
but even in the more progressive countries birth control has not been established without a struggle which has frequently ended in a hypocritical compromise its principles being publicly ignored or denied and its practice privately accepted for at the great and vitally important point in human progress which birth control represents we see really the conflict of two moralities the morality of the ancient world is here confronted by the morality of the new world the old morality knowing nothing of science and the progress of nature as worked out in the evolution of life contented itself with assuming as a basis the early chapters of genesis in which the children of noah are represented as entering an empty earth which it is their business to populate diligently so it came about that for this morality still innocent of eugenics recklessness was almost a virtue children were held to be given by god if they died or were afflicted by congenital disease it was the dispensation of god and whatever imprudence the parents might commit the pathetic faith still ruled that god will provide but in the new morality it is realized that in these matters divine action can only be made manifest in human action that is to say through the operation of our own enlightened reason and resolved will prudence foresight self-restraint virtues which the old morality looked down upon with benevolent contempt assume a position of first importance in the eyes of the new morality the ideal woman is no longer the meek drudge condemned to endless and often ineffectual childbearing but the free and instructed woman able to look before and after trained in a sense of responsibility alike to herself and to the race and determined to have no children but the best such were the two moralities which came into conflict during the nineteenth century they are irreconcilable and each firmly rooted one in ancient religion and tradition the other in progressive science and reason nothing was possible in such a clash of opposing ideas but a feeble and confused compromise such as we still find prevailing in various countries of old europe this is not a satisfactory solution however inevitable and is especially unsatisfactory by the consequent obscurantism which placed difficulties in the way of spreading a knowledge of the methods of birth control among the masses of the population for the result has been that while the more enlightened and educated have exercised a control over the size of their families the poorer and more ignorant those who should have been offered every facility and encouragement to follow in the same path have been left through a conspiracy of silence to carry on helplessly the bad customs of their forefathers this social neglect has had the result that the superior family stocks have been tampered by the recklessness of the inferior stocks in america we find the two moralities in active conflict today until recently america has meekly accepted at the hand of old europe the traditional prescription on the surface the ancient morality has been complacently almost unquestionably accepted in america even to the extent of tacitly permitting the existence of a vast extension of abortion under the surface of society a criminal practice which ever flourishes where birth control is neglected but today a new movement is perceptible in america it would seem that almost in a flash america has awakened to the true significance of the issue with that direct vision of hers that swift practicality of action and above all that sense of the democratic nature of all social progress we see her resolutely beginning to face this great problem in her vigorous tongue she is demanding what is all this secrecy about anyway let us turn on the light and the best authorities agree that america's answer to the demand will be of the greatest importance and of immense significance to the whole world 
in concluding this portion of our discussion i ask my readers to consider the following quotations from writers who have touched upon the question of the stimulation of the birth-rate by the state for the purpose of military policy these quotations speak for themselves and need but little comment the first authority a german whose name has escaped me for the moment laments the falling birth-rate in his country and urges his own nation to stimulate it by offering bounties he says woe to us if we follow the example of the wicked and degenerate people of other nations our nation needs men we have to populate the earth and to carry the blessings of our culture all over the world in executing that high mission we cannot have too much human material in defending ourselves against the aggression of other nations who are jealous of us and our achievements and progress let us promote parentage by law let us repress by law every influence which may encourage a falling birth-rate otherwise there is nothing left for us but speedy national disaster complete and irremediable havelock ellis an englishman says in germany for years past it has been difficult to take up a serious periodical without finding some anxiously statistical article about the falling birth-rate and some wild recommendations for its arrest for it is the militaristic german who of all europeans is most worried by this fall indeed germans often even refuse to recognize it thus to-day we find professor gruber declaring that if the population of the german empire continues to grow at the rate of the first five years of the present century it will have reached two hundred and fifty million at the end of the century by such a vast increase in population the professor complacently concludes germany will be rendered invulnerable but gruber's estimate is entirely fallacious german births have fallen roughly speaking about one per thousand of the population every year since the beginning of the century and it would be equally reasonable to estimate that if they continue to fall at the present rate which we cannot of course anticipate births will altogether have ceased in germany before the end of the century the german birth-rate reached its climax forty years ago eighteen seventy one to eighteen eighty with forty point seven per one thousand in nineteen o six it was thirty four per one thousand in nineteen o nine it was thirty one per one thousand in nineteen twelve it was twenty eight per one thousand in an almost measurable period of time in all probability before the end of the century it will have reached the same low level as that of france when there will be but little difference between the invulnerability of france and of germany a consummation which for the world's sake is far more devoutly to be wished than that anticipated by gruber writers of teutonic sympathies have asserted that the aggressive attitude of germany at the beginning of the great war was to be legitimately explained and apologized for on the ground that the war was the inevitable expansive outcome of the abnormally high birth-rate of germany in recent times dr dernberg the german statesman said not very long ago the expansion of the german nation has been so extraordinary during the past twenty-five years that the conditions existing before the war had become insupportable another writer has said of later years there has arisen a movement among german women for bringing abortion into honour and repute so that it may be carried out openly and with the aid of the best physicians this movement has been supported by lawyers and social reformers of higher position thus it would seem that a birth-rate stimulated by unusual circumstances or by deliberate state encouragement seemingly draws upon it the operation of natural laws which tend to increase its death-rate by war as well as by an increased number of abortions and an increased death-rate it would seem as natural laws operate to bring down the population to normal by war if the other factors do not operate sufficiently rapidly and efficiently havelock ellis makes the following interesting statement 
if we survey the belligerent nations in the war we may say that those who took the initiative in drawing it on or at all events were most prepared to welcome it were germany austria serbia and russia all nations with a high birth-rate and in which the fall of the birth-rate has not yet had time to permeate on the other hand of the belligerent peoples of to-day all indications point to the french people as the most intolerant silently but deeply of the war they are so ably and heroically waging yet the france of the present with the lowest birth-rate was a century ago the france of a birth-rate higher than that of germany to-day and at that time the most militarist and aggressive of nations a perpetual menace to europe finally let us quote havelock ellis once more he says when we realize these facts we are also enabled to realize how futile how misplaced and how mischievous it is to raise the cry of race suicide it is futile because no outcry can affect a world-wide movement of civilization it is misplaced because the rise and fall of the population is not a matter of birth-rate alone but of the birth-rate combined with the death-rate and while we cannot expect to touch the former we can influence the latter it is mischievous because by fighting against a tendency which is not only inevitable but altogether beneficial we blind ourselves to the advance of civilization and risk the misdirection of our energies how far this blindness may be carried we see in the false patriotism of those who in the decline of the birth-rate fancy they see the ruin of their own particular country oblivious of the fact that we are concerned with a phenomenon of world-wide extension the whole tendency of civilization is to reduce the birth-rate we may go further and assert with the distinguished german economist russia that the chief cause of the superiority of a highly civilized state over lower stages of civilization is precisely a greater degree of forethought and self-control in marriage and childbearing instead of talking about race suicide we should do well to observe at what an appalling rate even yet the population is increasing and we should note that it is everywhere the poorest and most primitive countries and in every country as in germany the poorest regions which show the highest birth-rate the same authority says one last resort the would-be patriotic alarmist seeks when all others fail he is good enough to admit that a general decline in the birth-rate might be beneficial but he points out it affects social classes unequally it is initiated not by the degenerate and unfit with whom we could well dispense but by the very best classes in the community the well-to-do and the educated one is inclined to remark at once that a social change initiated by its best social class is scarcely likely to be pernicious where it may be asked if not among the most educated classes is any process of amelioration to be initiated we cannot make the world go topsy-turvy to suit the convenience of topsy-turvy minds all social movements tend to begin at the top and to permeate downwards this has been the case with the decline of the birth-rate but it is already well marked among the working classes and has only failed to touch the lowest stratum of all too weak-minded and too reckless to be amenable to ordinary social motives the rational method of meeting this situation is not a propaganda in favour of procreation a truly imbecile propaganda since it is only carried out and only likely to be carried out by the very class which we wish to sterilize but rather by a wise policy of regulative eugenics we have to create the motives and it is not an impossible task which will act even upon the weak-minded and reckless lowest social stratum End of lesson eleven.